0: Alright, hello everybody and welcome back to the Red Zone Power Play Podcast. This is our ninth episode. Um, It's moving pretty quick considering we do one a week. doesn't feel like we've done nine of them. Um, Well, we'll just get right into our introductions. Um, I'm Zach. And I'm Eve, And we're going to start this week um, pretty much one of the craziest plays we've seen all year. Um, The ending to the Bills and the Cardinals. Uh, We had the Murray Magic, as it's been called. Um, we'll just jump right into it. No need to to summarize. I'm sure most of you, if you follow the NFL, have seen it. So, um, Eve, what were your thoughts when you saw the ball go up, if you did live or what are your thoughts just watching the replays? Uh,
1: straight amazement, really. (laughs) I unfortunately didn't get to watch it live because, uh, the, the Steelers were on. So obviously had to watch that. But when I kept seeing the replays of it on Twitter and everything, I was like, Wow. Just wow. I mean, you you even said before we even started here, that's a one in a a hundred catch. Like you make that play one out of like one out of a hundred times. And really not that many people could make that catch other than DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know if I could really see anybody else making that catch other than him. I mean, you got three defenders near DeAndre Hopkins, three defenders. And DeAndre Hopkins still came down with that football. I mean, that's just unreal. And it really shows you how much Kyler Murray loves having DeAndre Hopkins on the team. Just It's just unreal to have that Kyler Murray has DeAndre has DeAndre Hopkins on his team. Really, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and that whole Cardinals organization needs to send Bill O'Brien a great Christmas present this year. J- just for absolutely getting DeAndre Hopkins in trade, and for really nothing, it, they got him for like a bag of chips,
0: really. So, but I think the gift yeah. should be uh, tickets to the first round playoff game.
1: <laughs> Honestly, though, it really should be. Just yeah. uh, it, it was just straight amazement when I kept when I kept seeing it. it. It just even when I watch it still today, it's like I still can't believe he came down with that ball with three defenders near him. So, uh, I just just straight amazement.
0: Honestly, Hopkins is just a freak. He's, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in football. And to me, it's not even close because um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, last year I think he had zero drops out of like 175 targets. I mean, he I think he finished the year with like 130 catches and didn't drop one ball that you know hit him in the body, hands, whatever. Um, he's just he's one of the best route runners in football. His he can high point a ball with the best of them. I mean, truly, he might be the guy that you're watching film on in college as to how to high point a football. Um, he's he's just so good. And Murray, you know, keeping that play alive the way he did, just so elusive. I mean, he looks like a kindergartner running around with a bunch of like you know seniors in high school, but <laughs> yeah, <he does. laughs> it's he just does. so funny, you know, the way he moves, the way he runs. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a dynamic quarterback, and truly he's going to have more success with DeAndre Hopkins than he ever would have with David Johnson. Now, David Johnson, if you're on the wrong side of 30, yeah, I mean, there was a pretty, big, or pretty clear inclination that he wasn't going to be the same guy anymore, especially with his injuries the last few years. But, I mean, Hopkins, just absolutely ridiculous. He is so good. And I, I just, anytime I watch it, just like you, amazement. Because, like you said, three defenders... He's in the middle, you know, one in the front, one to his left or right, and one behind him. I mean, he just – the 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 pure just athleticism, it's ridiculous. And I got to say, I haven't seen anything like that in my life. You know, you've seen Hail Marys with, you know, the guy in front of a of a DB or like behind a DB but never three on one and coming down with the ball.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's just unreal. I mean, you're right. You said it best too. DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the National Football League right now, and it's not even close. I really don't know who else is really up there. I, I can't name really a wide receiver that's up in up with DeAndre Hopkins right now. So, but yeah, just his athletic ability to just high point the ball. You're right. I mean, colleges should really take film on him and. Tell the receivers, "Yo, this is what you got to do to high point the ball to come down with it." And it, it it's just straight amazement, really. Just I I can't s- say enough about DeAndre Hopkins and what he's done with Kyler Murray and really what he's done with that to that uh, Cardinals offense. It's probably one of the best offenses in the National Football League, if you ask me. I, I just don't know how you can really r- really stop. The Cardinals' offense right now, with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, they still got Larry Fitzgerald, and going to that run game here. I mean, they they seem to have a pretty con- pretty consistent back in uh, Kenyon Drake. So that th- that Cardinals' offense is very electrifying, and I can see them being a problem here when January comes around. So
0: I definitely agree. I think that they're going to be a problem. I think. They've shown the ability to win shootout games between this one and then the one against the uh, the Seahawks a couple weeks ago, um, which we get a rematch of. We'll get to later. later. Um, I, I think they're going to be a really dangerous team. They can outplay their defense, letting up a lot of points, and it's just not fair. Um, now, getting into another team that <laughs> their offense needs a lot of work and their defense, well, was unbelievable last year and needs some work this year. Um, the Patriots managed to upset the uh, the Ravens this week. Um, first observation: it was a rainy game. There wasn't going to be uh, much in the way of uh, offense. You could kind of tell it was one of those games, like the Steelers Dolphins, where the kick was just going to stick in the turf and stay there. Um, you know, the Patriots they they, can't, they they managed to play a really solid game, uh, riding Damian Harris to 120 yards. Um, yeah, but what what went wrong for Baltimore to lose to a Patriots team that is under 500, and they're not really even in the playoff picture anymore?
1: Well, I think just with the fact that we've seen this before, but Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach of all time, and he, J- John Harbaugh, got out coached by Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick really stuck with his game plan to run the ball. Against Baltimore's defense, which is supposed to be one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL, and that the Patriots exploited them. The, the Patriots really just tore them to shreds. So I, I give a lot of credit to Bill Belichick to, um you know, stick with the run game and not have Cam Newton pass the ball. I mean, who does Cam Newton have to throw the ball besides uh, Jacoby Myers? Or I think that's what his name is, but. He Cam Newton doesn't have anybody to, to throw the ball to with Julian Edelman being out and possibly for the rest of the season. I mean, who knows? But uh, just, yeah, he has no one to throw the ball to. And on the defensive side of the ball, I give a lot of credit to – you, you, you got to give a lot of credit to Bill Belichick and what he did with the defensive side of the ball too because he, he, he did a really good job of telling his players, you know, we got to contain Lamar Jackson. We got to contain Lamar Jackson. Now, I'm sure the weather played a – the weather did play a big factor into that game because, uh, you know, Lamar didn't really look comfortable running the ball. He didn't really look comfortable passing the ball. And even towards the end of the game, when Baltimore wasn't even going to win that game anyway, when it was pouring down rain, uh, Lamar Jackson threw a threw a pass on a fourth and five to a wide open J.K. Dobbins, which would have gotten them the first down. But he on um, J.K. Dobbins dropped the ball because probably of how wet it was, but it really wouldn't have made a difference anyway. But you just got to give a lot of credit to Bill Belichick uh, for out coaching uh, John Harbaugh again. Because if you look at what uh, John Harbaugh did against uh, New England last year on Sunday Night Football, you know, he's really stuck to that game plan and running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. And just if you come in with that same game plan going up against Bill Belichick, you are going to lose because Bill Belichick never forgets. He never forgets. He always has a plan. He's like, okay, if they're going to do this again, this is what we got to do to, this is what we got to do to contain Lamar Jackson and stop that running game. And he made the necessary adjustments from a year ago. And that's what really, and that's what really went wrong for Baltimore.
0: Um, I couldn't say it any better. Um, I didn't really catch much of this game live. Unfortunately, I was (laughs) really busy with school stuff, but um, basically just from everything I've, I've tried to catch up on with highlights and kind of reading into it, we're looking at, you know, stats and everything else. You summed it up really well. Belichick just made an, a, adjustments and outcoached Harbaugh. I think, um, I've mentioned it before that Lamar is just not the same quarterback as he was last year. Now granted, everybody has, you know, down years. If last year was kind of his, his high point this year, may be like his low point middle of the road. We don't know yet. Um, he's still so young, um, but but he has the talent around him, which is kind of alarming. Um, because he does have guys like Hollywood Brown. You know, Des Bryant's there, he's a veteran, he's somebody that um <clears throat> once he gets back in game shape and kind of plays football again, um, could be a, a useful asset for them. He's got Mark Andrews, he's a freak of a tight end. Um, you know, they got Mark Ingram, they got J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards has been pretty solid. Their O line's not as good, but um, you know, he's He's an electrifying quarterback, and I think that the league is slowly figuring him out. He's got to change his game a little bit, but um, I, I think you're right. I think Belichick really did just straight out coach Harbaugh, just kind of put a playbook down and said, look, this is who's going to win the game. Um, the Pats didn't do anything special. Like you said, they don't have a lot of weapons right now. You know, With Jacoby Myers being the number one receiver, um, Nikhil Harry's not doing anything. Um, Looks like almost a wasted first-round pick, but um, I guess that's yet to be seen. Um, Damian Harris has been solid. Rex Burkhead, he's just a touchdown machine. I think that's all he's done in his career is score touchdowns for no reason. Um, and their defense is still solid, but I think it all comes down to coaching. I think you're right. The, the Pats just completely outcoached the, the Ravens.
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh, I agree with your point that, you know, the league is starting to figure out Lamar Jackson and that's what almost happens in this league is that you're going to get figured out at some point. So, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I mean, Lamar Jackson is still going to be that electrifying quarterback. He'll probably still be in that MVP conversation at some point, you know, in the future in his career, definitely not this year, but in the future in this career. But, um, Hey, you know what? Uh, The Pats actually, the Pats upset, you know, a playoff team, potentially a Super Bowl contender, and they're sitting comfortably here at four and five. So does that raise? The, so this raises the question. Do you think the Pats can make a comeback here and possibly sneak their way into the playoffs?
0: You know, I don't know. It it's tough to say. And I'm going to say no, because the Bills are, I think, too far ahead in, their, in the division to to catch. Um. And then, if you look at the wild card spots, there's three of them, right? So the Steelers are three games up on the Ravens. The Ravens would pretty much have to win out. The Steelers would have to, you know, drop three or four games here um, to even have a shot at the division for the Ravens. Um, I think that they're guaranteed, you know, as long as they keep winning football games, a spot on one of those divisional, uh, or sorry, wild card spots. And, um, you know, the. It comes down to do the Browns win enough games? Do the Titans and or Colts win enough games? Do the Dolphins, who are on a hot streak right now, you know they're as hot as anybody in football, um, do they take one of the spots? Because the Patriots aren't going to make it out of the AFC East as a third seed in their division um, as like the last wild card. So I'm going to go ahead and say no. I don't know what you think, though.
1: No, I agree. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs either. I, I think their season is pretty much done. They'll, they'll they'll make a fight for it, of course. But I'm looking at their schedule right now. They got they got Houston this week, which is a very winnable game for them. But then they got then they got to play Arizona, and I don't see them winning that game. They they play uh, Los Angeles, the Chargers. Um, I th- that's a very winnable game for them too. Actually, then they got to. They actually play that game in Los Angeles, and then the next week they got to stay in Los Angeles because they're playing the Rams there. Then, and I don't see them winning that game. Then, the, then they got the Dolphins. Uh, with how well they're playing, I definitely don't see them winning that game. Bills, same year, I just n- not much. I don't see them winning that game. And then the Jets. They finish up with the Jets, which is very winnable. But th- that that's three games, and they're four and five right now. That's three games. You're best looking at seven and nine. You're, you're, you're just looking at seven to nine and that's just not going to cut it. So I definitely don't think they are going to make the playoffs. And as you pointed out with the dolphins, I'm telling you, dude, you need to get on the Tua train. He is playing really well. The dolphins are playing really well. I, you just need to get on the Tua train right now. And I think a lot of people are,
0: <laughs> but, I know it's um, not on our our list of stuff to talk about, but I guess the only takeaway from Tua would be, yes, he's playing really well. He's not putting up gaudy numbers like he did at Alabama, but He's not making mistakes. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like we've said about, you know, Aaron Rodgers this year, Ben Roethlisberger this year, you know, guys just not making mistakes, taking care of the football, doing the things he needs to do and just completely playing the game the way he needs to play it to win as a rookie in this league, especially in a in a fairly difficult division as the Bills and Patriots aren't pushovers. You know, the Patriots might not be the same team, but they're not pushovers and the Bills, I mean, they look really solid. They may have lost to the Cardinals, but in my opinion, we didn't mention it last segment, but they outplayed the Cardinals the majority of that game. So, um, yeah, they did. <laughs> it, it's one of those things that I looked back at our picks, and I had the Bills. You had the Cardinals, and you know, in oh, a I way, actually picked the Cardinals. Nice. Yeah, in <laughs> in a way, the argument could be made the Bills won the game, and Hopkins is the one who caused the Cardinals to win. But I, obviously, the Cardinals won. Um, but the Bills played really well. So that AFC East is pretty solid. You know, between the Cardinals and the yeah. and the, or, sorry, the Cardinals, the Bills and the Dolphins. So. <laughs> um yeah i don't think the patriots are coming back
1: no i don't either so anyway well i, I just want to get back to the dolphins here real quickly i'm looking at their uh schedule here for us for the rest of the way and it's very favorable they got the broncos the jets the Bengals, the chiefs the patriots the raiders and the bills that's
0: very favorable for them so i, I definitely I think they, they can- have the second easiest schedule the rest of the way
1: yeah, exactly. Like, I see them I see them winning the, their next three games. I could definitely see them winning those three. Uh, the Chiefs would be tough. I can see them beating the Patriots. Uh, Raiders, and but then to finish up the season with the Raiders and the Bills, that might be tough, but I could see them beating one of those two teams. So, it, it'll be interesting to see when we come down to it.
0: Definitely. I would agree.
1: Yeah, and uh, anyway, let's move on here to uh, our game, our team. So, uh, the uh, Steelers absolutely dominated the uh, Bengals on Sunday beat them beat them 36 to 10 to move to 9 and 0. Ben Roethlisberger and that offense looked outstanding. They they just completely tore up the Bengals' uh, defense and the Steelers' defense dominant as usual uh getting to Joe Burrow f- uh four times sacking him four times and
0: causing uh
1: two fumble. Two forced fumbles. So uh zach what were your thoughts
0: on the game? Um we'll start with the defense. Definitely have a lot to talk about here. Um- Cam Sutton is a fumble uh, forcing machine right now. Uh, It's like three straight games, and he's just looking better and better the more he plays. Uh, The splain train just keeps on rolling. Love me some uh, Mac linebackers there. Um, TJ Watt, though, was really the story for me on defense. I think that he, (laughs) I think partially he helped the team win that game more than anybody outside of the offense. Um, Just kind of rattling Joe Burrow. It's so hard as a rookie quarterback playing a defense that features the likes of Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Tyson alu uh Bud Dupree, Mika Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden, but especially TJ Watt. You know, Cam Hayward and Stefan Tuitt are amazing D tackles. They're two of the best, you know, they're the best one two combo in the league, in my opinion. Um, you know, and, and Dupree and, and Watt are the best two edge rushers on a single team in the league, no question. Because there's just no combination of speed and strength like the Steelers have on the the D-line um, and Watt, man. He just, I swear, every time a quarterback drops back, he's either getting through the line or he's pushing the line straight back at the quarterback. And you look and you see either a half sack, a sack, or a QB pressure. He's just so good. <clears throat> Another two sacks puts him at nine. I think he's half a sack behind Miles Garrett right now um for the league lead and he has an interception which garrett doesn't have Not that that turns the tide but his pressures his just overall efficiency i think should put him in dpoy candidacy um and he's definitely a candidate but he should win it i think that last year he should have won aaron donald was a pretty solid choice don't get me wrong but i think tj watt i think it's his turn i think it's his time and i think he's gonna have a run of dominance like his brother did um you know three four five years of just like Being ridiculous. Um, Anyways, moving to the offense. Um, I know I sent you a tweet early in the week when Ben was put on the reserve list that he could come off this list the day before the game, throw for 600 yards and five touchdowns and not bat an eye. Well, he came pretty close. Not yardage-wise, about 340, but four touchdowns, just precise. He's like a surgeon. I mean, he literally just marched the ball down the field himself. There was no run game. Didn't need it. I mean, I'm okay with them not running the ball well if Ben's going to play like this. Early in the season, we said we needed to get a run game, so he didn't have to throw 40 times. But I mean, the more he throws, the better he looks, and it's scary. You know, he hasn't looked this good in his career, um, at least not for a long time. But um, his his chemistry with Juju, Deontay Johnson, and Claypool is just disgusting. Claypool is an animal. It, they keep mentioning how he's such a mismatch. He's so much taller so much faster. He is Calvin Johnson 2.0. Um Deonte Johnson looks like, you know, kind of like a poor man's AB early in his career. Um, he's really good, but I don't think he's quite as good as AB was, but he resembles him and Juju just is a combination of both. Great route running, good slot guy, but also has a lot of size and strength. So I, the, te- the the team just keeps rolling and they look better and better and you know, you always worry about a trap game. I don't care about 16 and 0, but If any team could do it, I think the Steelers can, um, you know, since the Patriots, obviously. But I really think they looked amazing this week.
1: You know, I think we really need to start considering Ben Roethlisberger as an MVP candidate. I've seen it on, like, you know, the national media. They're starting to talk about it a little bit. With the way he's playing right now, what is it like? 22 23 touchdowns and four interceptions this dude is playing unbelievable the best of his the best that we've seen him in his career and this is coming off of major elbow surgery he's for sure I think the top candidate for comeback player of the year or at least he should be top candidate for comeback player of the year I know that you know, Alex Smith and the story that he has, but we'll get into that later. But just with Ben Roethlisberger and how he's playing, he for sure needs to be in that conversation for league MVP. But uh, I, I I think you summed it up pretty well here too. You know, just the defense they're playing outstanding. TJ Watt for sure is one of the top guys to win defensive player of the year and probably should. Uh, just, just to go off your, you know, The the comparisons between him and Miles Garrett, you know, the only difference between those two is that Miles Garrett is a defensive end and T.J. Watt is a linebacker, so obviously T.J. Watt's going to drop back into coverage, but anyway, T.J. Watt is for sure a front-runner to win uh, defensive player of the year, and then, um, yeah, like you said, Cam Sutton, just turnover machine, Stephon Tuitt, Cam Hayward, that defensive front, really playing well, and believe it or not, I was actually looking at this uh, uh, odds to win – defensive player of the year uh, on November 10th Stefan Tut actually entered that th- those odds surprisingly. I was like wow. But um I as of as of today he's out of it but he's still in the top 10. So th- that's a guy to look out for. And then the offensive side of the ball too, like you said, just b- Ben's chemistry with Juju, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, all of his receivers just outstanding. He, he, they those guys just haven't really missed a beat and then to just to go off the running game I do think the Steelers need to get establish some sort of a running game it, you know it does frighten me a little bit but at the same time like you said it with Ben Roethlisberger playing the way that he is you know you almost think okay well maybe we shouldn't run the ball as much so but then also I think I think we got to turn our attention to special teams too. I know a lot of Steeler fans were upset with the fact that we you know brought back Jordan Berry, but he's played great. He's played great. He's averaging like over almost 50 yards a punt. I, I, and I and we've seen him boot two punts this past weekend. So like we we shouldn't have let this guy go. It's just I I don't get why you know, a lot of people hated Jordan Berry. I actually like him, and he's performing really well right now. But also for the special teams, too, th- they got a turnover as well. So just overall right now, the Steelers are playing really well, a really complete team. If As long as they can establish a little bit of a running game there, they are
0: for sure a dangerous team. I got to say, special teams was something <clears throat> I wanted to bring up. Jordan Berry's been really good. <laughs> I mean— Last year he looked terrible. He was not good last year. I mean, I get why they let him okay. go. But, I mean, he was, he's been phenomenal. I mean, he, yeah, I think he had two punts over 65 yards last week. Um, one ended up being a touchback. You know, obviously he drops back to like 40 yards. But, um, if you think about it, if it takes, you know, the right bounce, it's like a 65-yard punt. So, um, he's looked good. Ray Ray McLeod has been a revelation in terms of the return game. Um, he is like, a step from running back every single kick that he had, that he fields. I mean, truly, the punt was you know, Huber made a good play to kind of get him force him out of bounds or at least to the sideline side of the field. Um but, but like I, I mean, he's he's so quick, he's elusive. He looks like he's gonna break better. one. Yeah, he's got to. I mean, you can't no even... he's Go ahead. I was just gonna say no, he's going to. He's going to break one this year. I'm calling it now. He will before the season's over. Absolutely, he like I said, he is one step from breaking a punt or or a kickoff. Anything he is so good. He looks like A.B. did when he was you know in his punt return days. Um, you know the other thing I wanted to bring up: Stefan Tuit has six sacks, um, a pass defense, and a forced fumble, uh, like twenty two tackles. Now, D linemen they don't really get a ton in the way of you know solo tackles that sort of thing, um, but he definitely is a difference maker up there. Um, but Watt last year. You know, to reiterate what he was last year, 14 and a half sacks, eight passes defense, two interceptions, and eight forced fumbles. Now, if he would have had like four more sacks, I don't think anybody would have voted for Aaron Donald. But, you know, Aaron Donald gets the sack number, and that's the one that everybody looks at. They don't really care too much about forced fumbles, interceptions, passes defense, especially as a D lineman or a linebacker. So, um, you know, this year he's sitting at nine sacks, six passes defense, an interception, and no, no forced fumbles. But again, not a huge deal whatever. I mean, he's nine, you know, what, 10 game, 9 games into the season. 9 sacks, so a sack a game, a pass defense, you know, every other game essentially, you know, a little over that, but he's just so good. He's his impact is everywhere. And I just don't understand why he didn't win last year, you know, aside from the sack number, but I, I agree with you, he has to win this year. I think if he keeps up this level of play, he there's no reason he shouldn't
1: and it'll get him give get him a big contract as he deserves he deserves the big contract this year coming from the Steelers he he they better buy the
0: Brinks truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just give him a blank check, write a number. I don't care what you ask for.
1: No, no, it's it's like that Family Guy episode where um, Peter was like, sir, here's a check with my name on it. Write, write down whatever number you want and I will pay it. Like, th- exactly. that's, literally, that's yeah, it's, literally what the Steelers need to do
0: with TJ Watt, just pay him whatever he wants. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that, like I said, like you said, hand him a blank check. Write down a number, dude. I, it doesn't matter. Write a number. We will make it work because you cannot give up a guy like that. And now will no, you can't. Bud Dupree's sixteen million on his franchise tag comes off the books. That goes right to TJ Watt. There is nobody else that gets that money, and then no. you put in Alex Highsmith, who's been really good. And even if he's not Bud Dupree good, it doesn't matter. Bud Dupree was never that good until last year. He was kind of that guy that was like, "Is he ever going to get it going? Is he ever going to figure it out?" But he has. I like the guy. I think he's really good. I don't think he's going to be here after after this year. Yeah. I just think that <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I think TJ Watt needs whatever he wants. Just exactly. Exactly. No, he does. He, he deserves whatever he wants.
1: I agree with you. I don't think Bud will be here next year either. So uh, let, let's move on to uh, another division matchup that happened over the weekend. Uh, the Rams uh, beat the Seattle Seahawks 23-16. to uh, the Rams look pretty good on both sides of the ball, offense, defense. Seattle, again, the, they are struggling very heavily here. Uh, Russell Wilson did not have the best game uh, this past weekend. He threw two interceptions and no touchdowns, so that, that wasn't very good for him. So Seattle, they started out 5-0, and and we, we all thought maybe that they, they would run away with that division, but now they dropped three of their last four. So that raises the raises the question, should Seattle start worrying?
0: You know, I don't know if they should start worrying, but you kinda gotta think about it. <laughs> because the defense just isn't helping. The defense isn't doing anything. Jamal Adams, that play, were they were at the goal line and I don't remember if it was Henderson or Akers that ran the ball in, but just totally decided not to tackle or attempt to tackle the running back at the goal line. Um I don't know. Russell Wilson is a fabulous quarterback. They have weapons, Metcalf, Lockett, Carson. Carson missing, I think, has hurt them the last couple of weeks because he is a big factor in that offense. Um, And you can't replace him with, you know, DJ Dallas, Carlos Hyde, whoever else they're running out there. Um, I I just think that Russell Wilson is trying to do too much. He's squeezing the football a little bit too hard. He's making mistakes that he wasn't making when he wasn't, you know, as. stressed I guess would be the word to use um yeah I don't know about worrying but definitely gotta gotta get healthy would be the big key for them as well
1: I agree uh the just Seattle's defense is not helping them either like you said they're just Seattle's defense is not helping them um you know the thing with Russell Wilson too is that he I think he knows that the defense is not going to help him so he's going in with that mindset like okay, well, I have to put up 30 30 some points to today this game just so we can have a chance to win and I'll probably get the ball back. so I'm gonna have to be the one that drives us down the field to score the, to score the game winning touchdown, which is not really helpful. You got to rely on your defense sometimes to to just win you the game and that's just not, that's just something Seattle is not doing right now um but you know, Russell Wilson really struggled in that game against the Rams. I saw him in a highlight that his first interception was on him because he stepped up in the pocket and it looked like he was going to run, but he threw it in the end zone to Will Disley and it was intercepted. But if you look back on that play, the field was wide open, wide open. There was one defender there. There was only one defender there. Russell Wilson could have juked him out or did something, And he could have just walked in for a touchdown. There was no need to be the hero there and say, okay, well, I'm just going to throw it up and and see what happens. There was no need to do that. And then the second interception, too, was was also on him. He threw it behind Greg Olson, which led to an interception as well. But also just, yeah, the defense, they, they need to get better. They need a pass rush. They need to start forcing some turnovers here uh I've seen that this is probably the worst defense in the history of the NFL I, I don't know if that's true or not but this is for sure the worst defense in the national one of the worst defenses in the National Football League at least in my opinion um you know worrying I agree I don't think that they should really be worried because Russell Wilson will win them games and get them to the playoffs but as of right now I I don't know if I see them getting to the Super Bowl right now just by
0: the way the defense is playing. Definitely. I would agree. I think the defense is making a lot of mistakes, but also just not playing hard enough. Um, I really think that they just need to get it together, start playing a little bit more, you know, kind of gritty, get it, you know, just toughen up. I don't know. I can't think of the right words, but – certainly I don't see them getting to the Super Bowl especially with how the Cardinals the Packers you know the Saints the Bucs are playing that's just a lot of really good teams that have caught up to the Seahawks um, teams that we all thought were kind of you know number 2s behind the Seahawks earlier in the year but the Seahawks have been caught and kind of fallen off a little bit but I I guess if they get healthy it'll be interesting to see what they do um I guess while we're on the topic of the NFC West we'll skip a, a skip one little bullet point that we have we'll move to um, the NFC West being that the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Rams are all at six and three, which is certainly something you don't see every day, three teams at six and three, um, you know, tied at the top. So who would you trust more to win that NFC West? See, this is tough because
1: all three can win that division, but I don't know. I, I I think the team that I trust the most right now is the Cardinals. Just because of Kyler Murray and that offense with DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Christian Kirk, and all. Just everybody on that offense. Well, we, we said this earlier in the show, obviously. So I, I really trust Kyler Murray and that offense to get it done and just – like I said, with the addition to DeAndre Hopkins, he electrifies that offense along with Kyler Murray. Th- those two are just great. But then um, on the defense side of the two you, side of the ball, too, uh, just they're playing pretty well as well. Uh, I, I know they gave up thirty points to. Uh, the um the bills this past weekend and they've given up you know some 30 points but you know they're they're playing well I think they're playing at a consistent level where they can shut where where they can shut down some quarterbacks and the running game and everything obviously the best defense out of those three teams is the Rams that's why that really you know is tough for me because the the Rams defense is playing great they are a top five defense Jalen Ramsey Aaron Donald Just that whole defense as a unit are are playing fantastic. But at the end of the day, when I look at Jared Goff and that offense, and Jared Goff is no scrub. I mean, he led them to the Super Bowl a few years ago. And that offense is still really good. But I, I I put more of my trust in Kyler Murray than I do Jared Goff. So I trust the Cardinals to win the NFC West more than I do those other two.
0: Yeah, it's so tough because if the Seahawks get healthy, their offense is just so good. Um, if you can balance the passing attack with a rushing attack with Chris Carson back, um, it kind of opens up the field for Russell Wilson more. As we always say, you know, the rush running game opens up the passing game. But um, the, the Cardinals' offense has been so good. Their defense is playing really well. Um, but the way I look at it, the Rams are the team that's been there and done it. They got Sean McVay. He's a really good coach. Um, like you said, best defense out of the group, hands down. Um, and the offense, I mean, they're not bad. They're not as electric as they were when they had Todd Gurley. The running back by committee out there, you know, it works in some places. I've seen it, you know, we've we've seen it work other cities, other teams um, around the league, but I don't know that the running back by committee is the right answer for them. Um, I genuinely don't think that they should be – splitting carries you know 10 11 and 12 10 10 and 10 whatever to each of the three guys you know henderson acres and malcolm brown so i think you got to establish a lead back and then you got to let somebody run um and you got to let somebody have control of the carries snap share whatever you want to say um because it's too easy to say if a different back comes in he's probably gonna get the ball because he doesn't have as many you know touches as this guy does so I don't know. I think, for me, I'm going to give it to the Seahawks still. I think if they get healthy, it makes a big enough difference that they, um, they find a way to win the division. They're the most seasoned out of the three teams, um, and I think that they're the team that has the best quarterback as of right now. Kyler Murray's very good, but I don't think he's Russell Wilson good yet. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Um, I guess we'll have to revisit it and come back to it at the end of the season as to who's where.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Just you know, Kyler Murray is definitely no Russell Wilson, but just with Seattle right now, with them dropping three of their last four games, and after starting five and zero, it's just it's just tough. It it really is. All three of those teams can win that division; they really can. But yeah, like you said, we'll just have to wait and uh, (laughs) come back to it at the end of the season. We'll we'll see where where those three teams lie. Uh, let's stick with the NFC here and uh, the Saints you know they they kept things rolling they beat the uh, 49ers Uh, I forget what the score was but really the biggest headline is Drew Brees uh, is going to miss some time with a rib injury I think he think what I saw was it was he has a collapsed lung I know that and I think he has like couple broke like two or three broken ribs on the right side or something like that but either way regardless Drew Brees is going to miss some time I don't know how much time but he's going to miss some time so that means Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback now for the Saints along with Taysom Hill he'll get some reps as well but you know what impact does this have for the Saints?
0: Well, first of all, we get to see if Jameis Winston's LASIK worked in the offseason or if he's still 30 interceptions. Jameis, that doesn't know the colors on the uniforms. Um, (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. (laughs) You know, I've I've been intrigued to see if his LASIK worked or not, but um, I guess to me, if Drew Brees misses three weeks, even four weeks, they play Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta, and Philly. So I think Jameis Winston can beat Atlanta twice. Denver once, and maybe Philly. If they go 3-1 and one in those four games with Jameis Winston to give Drew Brees the time he needs to be ready for Kansas City, Minnesota, and Carolina. Um, if, you re- if you think about the rest of that schedule, there's only one game that they should really lose, and that would be the Kansas City game. I don't see them beating Kansas City. I don't think they're that good. Now, granted, Kansas City does come to New Orleans, but I think Mahomes getting to play inside is a little scary, um, and Harrison Butker will be able to make 75-yard field goals because you won't have to deal with the wind. Um, I think that if you look at home for Atlanta at Denver at Atlanta and at Philly, that's three road games in a row. Then you're home for two, and then away for Carolina to end the year. I think the Saints will be fine. I think because they swept the Bucks, I don't see them losing that division. And if they do, they're still going to make the playoffs. I have a good feeling about them. I like the Saints as a team. Um, they're finally getting healthy. You know, obviously Camara's there, but they're finally getting Thomas and Sanders back. They got Jared Cook. The defense is still solid. Um, I think they're a good team. I just it's gonna be interesting, but at least Winston doesn't have to face top pass defenses. He gets two of the worst in the next three weeks between the Falcons twice and Broncos once. So I don't think it's as big a deal as it looked.
1: I can agree with that. Uh, like you said, looking at their schedule right now, Falcons twice in three weeks. Then they got the Broncos and the Saints within those four weeks. They definitely should go maybe four and or three and one, but I really do think that the Saints are going to rely heavily on Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray to get the job done. Uh, I am interested to seeing how Jameis Winston is going to perform though. Yeah. Like, like you said, are we going to get, you know, the old, College quarterback Jameis, the young Jameis Winston that played really well, or are we going to get last year's Jameis Winston that threw 30 touchdowns and but also 30 interceptions? So that's very interested. I'm very interested to seeing that. Uh, also just uh, the defense, like you said, is playing great as well, but um, yeah, I, I don't think this is a big deal like everybody's making it out to be. I, I do think that the Saints, uh, have a comfortable cushion in the nfc south where they don't really have to worry about the bucks uh even though if you're a bucks fan you should be like okay well we could possibly still win this division uh looking at the Bucks schedule right now they got uh the rams on monday night next monday night then they got uh the chiefs the vikings the falcons twice in three weeks and then the lions so the, the the Bucks definitely have a favorable schedule here too, but at the same time, I don't. Brady versus Mahomes. That that, that again. That that's going to be you know something that everyone's going to watch out for. It. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. But I agree with your point. I do think that with Drew Brees missing missing some time, it's not going to be
0: a big deal like everybody says it is. Definitely, I think <clears throat> Jameis has better weapons or. Equal weapons, I guess, to what he had in Tampa. He did have Mike Evans and Godwin. So um, I think having Sanders, Thomas, um, Jared Cook, he has a pretty solid offense. And he's got Alvin Kamara to hand the ball off to, which he didn't have um, previously or even to throw the ball to as Kamara basically is a wide receiver, too. Um, well, I'd say that we've covered everything pretty much for the week. So let's get into some predictions before our game picks. Um, now that we're kind of at the midway point a little after of the season, we're going to look at MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year are kind of tough. Um, offensive is a little bit easier to look at one or two guys, but defensive is really hard. There's not been any crazy standout r- rookie defenders. Um, there's a couple DBs throughout the league, but it's hard to say. Um, that's not gaining as much attention as some of the others and obviously Comeback Player of the Year. So. Um, let me get my paper out, and we'll write these down. Don't forget Coach of the Year. Ah, Coach of the Year. So we got what? MVP, DPOY, OPOY, O-P-O-Y. Coach, and what else are we going to do? Do you want to do Offensive and Defensive Rookies? Um, we, can, we can do Offensive Rookie just
1: because, like you said, I mean the Defensive Rookie of the Year – I'm looking at the top five right now. And the top five favorites to win it are Chase Young, Patrick Queen, Antoine Winfield, Julian Blackman, and Jeremy Chin. So really out of those five, the only three I could see winning it are Chase Young, Patrick Queen, and Antoine Winfield. So, so yeah, if if you want to, if you want to skip de- uh, defensive rookie of the year, we can.
0: Yeah, that's fine with me. I mean, I think that, like you said, that – the the field for that one is so wide it's really hard to predict there's no like exactly you know MVP there's three guys offensive player of the year there's three guys defensive you know there's it's easy when there's three four guys to pick from
1: yeah exactly all
0: right so I'll let you go first I want to hear who you have we'll start out with uh offensive rookie of the year As this one really is a toss-up between two guys
1: you know, um, I'm looking at the odds right now for Offensive Rookie of the Year. The top five right now are Joe Burrow, uh, Tua Tagovaila, uh, Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, and our boy Chase Claypool is in that conversation. But I do think that it's going to come down to between two people, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, and I actually like Justin Herbert here. I think he's playing really well. Uh, I think he's really outperforming Joe Burrow right now Uh, we're obviously going to hear about Joe Burrow and how well he's done with the Bengals but I mean both of their records with both of their teams are not good but if you're looking at the quarterbacks themselves I actually like Justin Herbert better than I like Joe Burrow I do think Justin Herbert is just really outplaying Joe Burrow right now so that's who I got as my offensive rookie of the year right now
0: I definitely said it a few episodes back. I am a massive Justin Herbert fan. I loved him in college. I know that everybody thought he was a system quarterback because that's how Oregon is, but I loved him. I thought he was a perfect guy to run like a Chargers offense that has pass-catching weapons, You know Eckler when he's healthy. Um, I really like him. He was the most raw of all the quarterbacks in the draft, um, hence why he didn't go number one. Um, But I think the way I look at it between him and Burrow, I think Burrow has the higher floor in terms of who's, you know, at worst, who would be the best of the two. Um, Because Herbert definitely will have games where he looks terrible, kind of like Phillip Rivers did, you know, just kind of that game here and there where he's going to throw like four or five interceptions and look awful. Um, Burrow's not going to do that. He's going to be a lot smarter. Herbert's got a big arm, and I think he's going to try to do the superhero throws when his team's down too much um i think though herbert's ceiling is a little bit higher i think that because of his arm talent because of his size his body's going to hold up a lot better you know, he can take more punishment kind of he's more willing to stand in there and make the throws um and i mean you've seen some of the throws he makes it looks like he's throwing 100 miles an hour so um i'm giving it to herbert i think his stats are really good which is what they're all going to look at but i think he's been the better game manager, I think he's given his team a chance to win a little bit more than Burrow has on a regular basis. The defense is just screwing Herbert for his record, but I'm going to give it to Justin Herbert.
1: Yeah, I agree uh, <clears> 100. <throat> just you know, just to go off the Tua, I know he's in the top five right now, at least for the odds to win it. We haven't really seen that much of Tua, so I, I can't really give it to Tua yet. Justin Jefferson, you know, he's played really well. But they're not going to give it to a wide receiver, and same with Chase Claypool. He's playing really well, but again, they're just not going to give it to a wide receiver. They're going to give it to a quarterback because that's a, that that's how the league works now. Is you give it to a quarterback. So anyway, let's let's go to uh, let's go to offensive
0: uh, player of the year. Who do you like for offensive player of the year? Now that one's tough because that one could go to any position. Generally, it obviously is going to go to like a quarterback or a player that has a ton of touchdowns. Um, I think for me, I'm, it, I don't really know who's in the top three because it does fluctuate that, that award a lot, but I'm going to give it to, it sounds crazy, but I'm going to give it to Devonte Adams. I think that without Devonte Adams, Aaron Rodgers stats do not look as good as they are. I think that his ability to just catch 18 passes for hundred yards and, you know, four touchdowns is unparalleled. Um, You know, guys can do it here and there, but he does it week in and week out because he is the best on that team. And the other side of it for me is he is always double covered, but finds a way to just get open. You know, it's either him or Aaron Rodgers. They're kind of a package deal. Um, But I got to say, Devontae Adams has a shot, in my opinion, if he keeps up the pace that he's on.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I—that's I, actually a surprise to me. I didn't. I wouldn't really think of uh, Devonte Adams. I mean, he, you're right. He is playing at a great level right now. Aaron Rodgers just seems to find him just w- wherever he is on the field. But I, I don't think he's my offensive player of the year right now. I think my offensive player of the year right now is I, I'm going to go Kyler Murray. I, I think I, I'm going to go Kyler Murray because just. He he's had a rushing touchdown in the la in each of the last I think six or seven games, maybe eight. So he, he's playing really well. De- his like I said, his connection with DeAndre Hopkins is unreal right now, and well, not just with DeAndre Hopkins, but also with Christian Kirk and uh, obviously Larry Fitzgerald. So just Kyler Murray is obviously is playing at a great level he can run the ball he can throw the ball just he's overall playing really well so that's who I would give my offensive player of the year to.
0: it's definitely a good pick I would say that he would have been my number two Kyler Murray in terms of the just the numbers he puts up I mean he throws for 300 he passes two or three touchdowns and he runs for 100 and runs for a touchdown it's just unheard of you know Lamar did it somewhat last year not the same passing numbers but Murray's just been so good um let's move on here to coach of the year um I I mean I'm pretty sure we both have the same pick maybe not but uh who are you taking for coach of the year
1: coach Tomlin it's Mike Tomlin there's no question that it's Mike Tomlin right now look at what he did last year without Ben Roethlisberger he went eight and eight and still did not have a losing season well, he had, he went eight and eight with a third or fourth string quarterback probably should have been in the top three last year, but obviously didn't win it. But right now it like, look at what he's doing with Ben Roethlisberger. They're at nine and zero the Steelers are at nine and zero right now. So there is no question, no hesitation that the coach of the year right now is Mike Tomlin.
0: I agree. I think, like you said, not having Ben last year, getting to eight and eight, making sure that defense was as good as it could be to potentially get to the playoffs. Um, I think the other side of it, too, is don't forget last year, they didn't have James Conner for several weeks. They didn't have Juju like the majority of the year. Deontay was pretty much all they had. And then they also played with, and Kim Hayward was hurt at one point, um, you know the offensive line was pretty banged up, if I remember correctly. Um, they just they didn't have a lot last year, and they still managed eight and eight. But this year, nine and zero. Ben looks great. The team looks unbelievable. They seem prepared. They seem focused, which is very different from years past with all the drama they used to have. Um, it looks like they have a team that plays for each other, and the wide receivers, um, <laughs> the character between them from four years ago and now is just such a difference. I think it's making a huge difference uh, in that locker room. So I'm giving it to Tomlin too.
1: Uh, let's also f- not, not forget that last year when the Steelers started out, what was it like? Oh, and three or one in four. It
0: was Owen or yeah, one in four.
1: <laughs> it, it was one in four. And, but it was, it was after Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. Mike Tomlin made that trade for Mink Fitzpatrick. Basically what Mike Tomlin was telling the team, we're not giving up. We're, we're still in this. We we may be zero and two, and we, we may be one and four, but we're still in this. I'm not giving up on you guys. Most head coaches would just been like, most of the head coaches that lose their franchise quarterback would have just said, "All right, guys, let's just let's just get a top draft pick and uh, move on for next year." But that's not Coach Tomlin's attitude. The standard is the standard. He says that every day. He says that every day. So yes, Coach Tomlin, coach of the year, one hundred percent um let's get into uh the next one uh you know what we, we talked about this before let's get into it now defensive player of the year who do you got i think th- i think we both know who we're i think we're both gonna take but <laughs> let, 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 let's just talk
0: about it either way uh tj watt and i'm going to write you down for tj watt as well um <laughs> it's it's just such, okay yeah it's just such a safe pick i mean you look at what he does week in and week out. You know, one week he has no sacks, the next week he has two or three. You know, he has a pass defense all the time. He's always getting his hands in quarterbacks' faces. He knows how to play the linebacker slash pass rush position. I mean, when he drops in coverage, he's capable. That's not his specialty, and everybody knows that. They know that he's not a pass coverage kind of guy. He's not a coverage linebacker, he's a pass rusher and you know, not only does he pressure the quarterback better than anybody else, he leads that defense better than anybody else. He is the leader out there. You know, normally you give it to the to the middle linebacker like Shazier was, or you know Spillane. I think right now is the guy that has the green dot. You know, that gets the the radio in his helmet. But um, I really think he's the leader out there. I think at such a young age, he's the guy that a lot of them look up to. Um, even Cam Hayward, as you know, a veteran on that defense, looks to him as you know, some inspiration to keep moving and keep playing at the level that Cam Hayward's been playing at. Um I I really just think that it, you know, unless something happens, God forbid, knock on wood, you know, knocking on the wood, <laughs> I think that he is the defensive player of the year.
1: You know, it's gonna be tight because obviously the top three that are really the favorites are TJ Watt, uh, Aaron Donald and miles Garrett and miles Garrett does lead the league in sacks right now. And he's playing really well. I I do think it comes down between those two and it'll for sure be a tight race. Aaron Donald, obviously um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, say that, you know, he's not going to win it cause he could for sure win it. But I, I do think it'll come down between either TJ Watt and miles Garrett. And yes, I am also going to take TJ Watt just because just overall as a, defensive player as at the linebacker position he could he can rush he can rush the quarterback he can drop back into pass coverage and make an interception or break out break up a play we know he can force fumbles just he, he is overall probably the best defensive player in the NFL right now overall i think he's the best defensive player in the league so yes i do also have tj watt winning defensive player of the year
0: yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. I think that we're really, you know, kind of nitpicking between the three of them, but I think it's got to go to Watt. Um, anyways, moving on to an award that uh, we both pretty much have the same pick for as well, Comeback Player of the Year. Who, uh, who are we giving that one to?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Ben. It, it, it should be Ben Roethlisberger. Just when you look at his stats, he has over two 2,000. 700 yards or whatever it is, eight, no, I almost said 18, uh, 22, 23 passing. I think it's 23, 22, 22. Okay. It is 22 passing touchdowns four interceptions has a passer rating of like 101.8. Yes. It it really should go to Ben Roethlisberger, but, um, I, I have this feeling that they're going to give it to Alex Smith just because of the story. I mean, the dude did, almost die from his injury. He almost lost his leg, but worse, he almost died from it. So I do think that they may give it to him, but
0: in my opinion, I do think it should go to Ben Roethlisberger. It's definitely an interesting award um, because, again, it's not so much about on-field success as it is what you've gone through. Um, I've always liked Alex Smith. I, I really am a big fan of his, and I was following everything that happened ever since he broke his leg Um, and when that, you know, project 11 documentary came out about it, I made sure I tuned in and I think I've watched it seven times. I just, I can't believe what the guy's gone through. You know, I was a huge fan of his before when he was with San Francisco, then the chiefs. And then when he went to Washington, I thought it was really cool. Um, I thought he really had a chance to turn that team around. Um, unfortunate what happened, but, um, I think there's a chance he gets the award. I really think that the story may overpower what Ben has done. Um mm-hmm. but you gotta to remember too, Ben had reconstructive elbow surgery. Every tendon that was attached to the bone in his elbow needed reattached. Um which is not something that most baseball players even come back from to be as good as he's been in football right now. Um I, I think I'm going with Ben again. The it's such a toss up between he and Alex Smith, and I'm sure they're gonna give it to Alex Smith, but I'm gonna pick Ben. I think that he has come back and become unbelievable quarterback again kind of rejuvenated his career making maybe him want to play longer depending who knows but I think it's got to go to Ben in my opinion
1: yeah I agree I I think it should go to Ben as well but obviously like we talked about with Alex Smith I do think he will win the award just with what he what he went through like personally but yeah I mean you do got to remember that Ben did tear like every like like limb or or whatever it was in in his elbow. So that's something that it'll be a toss up, but in both of our opinions, it should go to Ben. Uh, Last, let's go to, you know, something we've talked about all all season long with uh, one specific person. I don't know if it's changed for you, but who do you like as the league MVP right now?
0: I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay. Okay. I think... He's looking the way he did when he won MVPs in the past. I think that he's protected the ball well enough. He's led the Packers back when a lot of people kind of weren't sure what they were going to be. Um, I think that he's been good enough. He's throwing the ball really well. He just looks like the Rodgers of old, you know, a couple years younger. Um, and he's got connections with, with obviously Devontae Adams, but. Um, the entire receiving core there, no matter who it is, they're going to make a play because he's going to make them make a play. Um, It's kind of counterintuitive, sure, for me to say Devontae Adams is the offensive player of the year, and Aaron Rodgers the MVP. Truly, Rodgers could win both. You never know. Um, But, yeah, I think I'm going to give it to Rodgers. It's it's really, for me, between four guys, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson – Aaron Rodgers and Ben. I think Ben's in the conversation. I don't think Ben wins it because nobody ever wants to give Ben enough credit Um, and Aaron Rodgers and those other guys are bigger names, but I'm going to give it to Aaron Rodgers.
1: Uh, You are in fact, leaving someone out of this list, the $450 million man, Patrick Mahomes.
0: I just don't think he's as good as these other guys. I mean, he's, he is having a ridiculous year, but it's hard to look at it as that good of a year compared to what he's done in the past. I have a big problem with doing that with him because I expect 50 touchdowns, but he's been really good. Don't get me wrong. I just think that it's expected that they're eight and one. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense,
1: but like um obviously Patrick Mahomes didn't have the year that he did, you know, when he first started. But it looks like he's getting back to that right now. I mean, I'm looking at some of his stats, like his touchdown and interception ratio right now. 25 touchdowns, only one interception, one, and he has a overall like passer rating of 115.9. So he is for sure. Uh, I think just it, it, he's for sure in that conversation. And my bet is that if he keeps playing well, if he keeps just you know throwing touchdowns to Tyree Kill, uh, Hardman, Travis Kelsey all of his receivers and he protects the ball like he has all year. I, I've actually heard that one interception wasn't even his fault. So if he if that one interception doesn't no, happen. It was a tipped ball. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the tipped ball. So yeah, of course it wasn't really his fault. So he, he, he might not evidently he might not even have a single interception at all this year. So I, I, I'm gonna give it to Patrick Mahomes just because of just the way he's playing right now. I, I I agree with your point. It is expected of him because of what we've seen the past three years with him. But just when you look at the stats and everything, just I think you gotta get I think you gotta give it to Mahomes.
0: I gotta say another thing about him and you know, his one interception number. You look at him, Rogers, um I don't know Murray's interception numbers off the top of my head. I'm actually gonna go look and Ben. These guys I think combined may not even have like twelve interceptions because I know Ben's got four. If um, if Mahomes has one, Rogers I think has four. So that's what nine. And I'm getting to Murray right now. Let's see, he's got eight. Okay, so he's got a few more. But either way, very few interceptions between all of those guys. Um, yeah, especially Rogers, Ben, and Mahomes. It's it's crazy to see how well they're protecting the ball. You know Rogers. It's expected that he's not going to throw many interceptions. I think in his career he doesn't even have ninety yet, um, and he's been playing forever. Um, ben, this is unprecedented for him. He's a very big interception guy. Um, but Mahomes, I mean, he's never really thrown a ton. But this is really a different breed of kind of protecting the ball and throwing well. Um, again, I just kind of have looked at it as he doesn't have five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns this year, so it's not a Mahomes year, you know. But He's definitely having a really, really good year. He was slow at the start, but he's definitely been picking it up.
1: Well, right now he's projected. uh Obviously, these are projections, so they're not actually true. But he's projected to finish the season with four thousand, four thousand seven hundred seventy seven yards, forty four touchdowns, two interceptions, and that one hundred fifteen point nine passer rating. So, I, I, it could happen just because it's Patrick Mahomes. He he might throw one more interception before the season ends, but yeah. Uh, also with Aaron Rodgers, too, I, I do like your pick with him because he is playing at a great level as well. Uh, Kyler Murray, we've talked about him enough. There's nothing really need to be said there. Um, ben Roethlisberger as well, I do think he deserves the credit that, you know, we as Steeler fans give him, but not obviously the media. He definitely deserves he definitely deserves a lot more credit than he gets, and then you know, just I, I think I do think there's one other person we're really leaving out of it, and it's Russell Wilson. He's still playing at a great level, but over the past four weeks, he just hasn't really proved that. So, right, so it's anybody's guess. It's a toss up. But I mean, you like you like Aaron Rodgers, and I like Patrick Mahomes, so.
0: We'll see what happens. Can't go wrong. I think they're going to finish first and second between the two of them, you know, or top three with Russ. I think that's pretty much the easy top three right there. Yeah, exactly. For sure. For sure. Um, so we'll start getting into our picks here. We're running. This is we're running really long this week. Um, yeah. We got uh, the Cardinals and the Seahawks. The rematch of the shootout um, that ended in in, in OT. Um, I don't think we're going to see Lockett go for two hundred yards again, but. Does Seattle get back on well, Seattle? Okay. Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Spit it out, Zach. Um, can <laughs> Seattle get back on track? Do you think they're gonna win this game? Um, what are your what are your takes? Um,
1: I don't think they're gonna get back on track just yet. Um I, I like Arizona in this game for the exact reasons of what I've been talking about uh throughout this whole show. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. I I just think that those guys are gonna have great games. Uh, the defense will play pretty well. Buda Baker, who knows, he may have another almost 100 yard interception before DK Metcalf runs him down. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to give up on Seattle. Uh, I do think Seattle will have a chance to win this game, and Russell Wilson may get that chance to go down and win the game. But at the end of the day, I, just with how, with these two teams right now, where each of them are playing at, I just like Arizona.
0: I'm also taking Arizona. I think the whole thing for me hinges on Chris Carson coming back. Um, I don't know if he's going to make enough of a difference with how the Cardinals' offense is rolling and how badly the Seahawks' defense is playing. Um, I think for me, it's tough to say about Carson because last week, everybody all week was like, oh, it's very optimistic that he's coming back. It's very optimistic. And then out of nowhere, like Thursday, they said, no, he's not playing. So very clearly, there was something wrong. Um, So I think I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Same reasons we've said all episode. Um, just that offense Hopkins Murray Kenyon Drake even uh you know Christian Kirk I'm a, I like Christian Kirk I think he's pretty solid um, and then the defense you know Patrick Peterson is still Patrick Peterson and Buda Baker Bakers there so um, I'm going with the Cardinals
1: yeah exactly uh, let's move on to our next game which is a rematch of last year's AFC divisional round uh, we got the uh, Titans and the Ravens being played in Baltimore, like it was last January, uh, these are two teams that are, you know, very good, have playoff potential. I think the tight did the, the Titans are coming off a no, a loss. Both teams are coming off a loss. That's right. It's been a, almost a week since the Titans played. I almost forgot that they played at all. Um, but both teams are coming off a loss. Um, obviously, I think the Ravens is more of a heartbreaking loss for them than the Titans even though that was a division game, but obviously the Ravens losing to a then three and five team. So uh, which team do you think bounces back this weekend?
0: I'm going with the Titans, I think, um, with how the Patriots were able to use Damian Harris to 121 yards. Um, Damian Harris is a good running back, but Derrick Henry is the best running back in the National Football League. Um, In terms of pure running the football, um certainly there's other guys that are better because they're pass catching stats and they're just more elusive but I think in terms of the running backs I think Derrick Henry's the best in the league um and I really think that Tennessee is going to focus on the run game because Baltimore's pass defense is really solid um but they also have AJ Brown and Corey Davis that if Baltimore decides to try and stop the run more than the pass they're pretty solid options um even Johnny Smith very good tight end so I'm going to go with the Titans. I think their defense is going to really try to bounce back, um, especially after kind of getting blown out a little bit by the Colts 34-17. Um, they did make an acquisition from the Chargers uh, quarterback at the, before the deadline. So um, I think that the Titans win this game. I think it's very close. Um, I don't know about high scoring, but I do say the Titans.
1: I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to take the Ravens. I do agree with you with the fact that this will be a close game. It's I don't think it'll be high scoring because – Both defenses are going to contain both quarterbacks. Uh, You know, Lamar may struggle a bit here like he has over the past few weeks, and I don't expect him to pass the ball that much. Same with uh, Ryan Tannehill, especially with the Ravens secondary. I don't expect him to pass as much. So it'll definitely be a running game with the Ravens in uh, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and obviously with Tennessee with Derrick Henry. So – but I do think that it'll come down to whichever defense steps up, and I th- think that it will be Baltimore's defense. I know they're missing one of their key defensive linemen, w- one of their key pickups from this past off season in Clayus Campbell. But I, I think that I-, I just think that they're so ticked off from their loss in New England that they are going to come back and win this game. So I like Baltimore.
0: Definitely, you know, makes sense, and I like your your analysis there. Um, it's just, it's such a tough game to call, um, but definitely, you know, I you could very well be right. It's it's definitely not an easy game to predict, and that's why we do this. It's nice to see, you know, kind of what happens. But exactly, um, our next exactly. game here is going to be the Packers and the Colts. The Colts coming off of uh, beating the Titans thirty four seventeen, and the Packers just absolutely running the the show uh, this week so um, who are you going to take here between the Packers and the Colts well the
1: Colts I mean the Packers almost lost the Jags a little bit I mean they got a little bit of a scare but I like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers I think uh, the Colts defense is very good but I don't think they're going to contain Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams I think those guys are going to play really well in the air uh, I think Aaron Jones has a big game too on the ground, kind of like how Derrick Henry, you know, e- even though the Colts won last week against the Titans, uh, Derrick Henry still had over a hundred yards. So I, I do expect the same thing here with uh, Aaron Jones. I think he'll have over a hundred yards. I uh, just, the, the Colts, I know Phillip Rivers played well last week, but he just, you just don't know. It's just really his inconsistency that really scares me with the Colts. I think that he'll play well, and it may be a little bit of a, not high-scoring game, but this game may end up being like 24-27 or 24-28 in favor of the Packers. But I I think the Colts will put up some points, but at the end of the day, I like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers.
0: Yeah, I'm going with the Packers as well. The Colts offense certainly is doing decent the last few weeks, but they're not really getting the ball spread out too much. their defense is really good. Don't get me wrong. But again, like you said, I don't think they're going to contain Rodgers. I just think that between Aaron Jones, Adams and Rodgers, it's just a little bit too much for um, the Colts to handle. So I'm going the Packers. I think that they, they win this game. Like you said, pretty close. I think it, I'm looking more like, I don't know, like thirty, thirty-two, thirty-three 32, 33 to like 24, you know, 28, something like that. So similar, but a little bit higher scoring. Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty safe pick there with the Packers. So um, uh, moving on to our next game, we have the rematch of the Chiefs and the Raiders. The Raiders winning the first matchup of the season. Um, I think uh, I think we both are going to go the same route here. Maybe not, but uh, let's hear who you're thinking. Yeah,
1: I'm taking the Chiefs just because uh, they're, they're going to remember that game a few weeks ago or a month ago from that loss against the uh, Raiders, Andy Reed's going to prepare. Well, uh, Patrick Mahomes, is not going to make the same mistake that, you know, he, he made twice. Actually, I just remembered that interception, that one interception was in that Raiders game. So, so yeah, I, I don't think that Patrick Mahomes will make a mistake here. Uh, Clyde, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, you know, he's going to go off. I think, I think he's going to play really well. Uh, Josh Jacobs, though, I think he'll have a big game too, again, against the uh, Chiefs and Derek Carr may play well again too. I think this may be another high-scoring game. Really no defense. Like maybe, I don't know, 38-35 and may come down to a field goal. Um, Who knows? Maybe even Le'Veon Bell gets involved and scores his first touchdown as a Chief. But at the end of the day, I am taking Patrick
0: Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the Chiefs too. I think, like you said, uh, they're going to remember what happened. Um, I think it is a little bit higher scoring. I definitely think it's a matchup with very little defense. Um, but I think that Mahomes just goes nuts, you know, coming off a bye, they're going to be rested, you know, Clyde Edwards, he Kelsey, Tyree kill, Nicole Hardman, just the, the weapons are endless for Kansas city. And I think that it just overwhelms the the Raiders a little bit too much. So I'm going with the chiefs. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Anyway, let's move on to our next game, which is the uh, Monday Night Football game. Uh, it's the Rams and the Bucks. Both of these teams are coming off of uh, huge division wins. Uh, the Rams beating the Seahawks and the Buccaneers beating the Panthers. Uh, especially the Bucks needed that win after their embarrassing loss to uh, New Orleans a few few weeks ago. But um, you know, th- th- this is a good Monday night. This is a good Monday night game right here. It's a good primetime game. It's really anyone's call.
0: Uh, who do you like? I'm going to take an upset, and I'm going to take the Rams. Um, I think okay. I think Brady's going to come out and play really well, but I think Jared Goff is just going to decide to throw the ball and throw the ball a lot. Um, they're going to kind of abandon the running back by committee and try to really just kind of shove it down the Bucks' throats. Um, I think the Rams are going to be really motivated, being that they're you know tied for first in their division looking at the potential that they could jump into first, um, tied with either the, the Cardinals or the Seahawks, and have one of those teams behind them. Um, I really think that they're a team that's going to start to turn it up a little bit. Um, they've looked better as of late. Their defense is playing well, and I think Aaron Donald wreaks a lot of havoc on Brady. Um, certainly didn't do that in the Super Bowl um, when they played, but I, I think that the Rams have a good shot to upset the Bucks here. Yeah,
1: I agree with you actually. I was going to pick the upset as well. I'm taking the Rams to beat the Bucks. Uh, I both defenses are playing really well and both defenses are top 10. Like you said, Brady's going to come out playing really well. I expect him to as anybody as anybody does. Uh, he'll 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 connect on some balls with uh Mike his receivers Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, maybe AB scores a touchdown here. I don't know if he's covered by Jalen Ramsey probably not, but you know, just who knows who Jalen Ramsey is going to cover actually in this game. It's really anyone's guess. But at the end of the day, I, th- I like the Rams defense better than I like the Buccaneers defense, just because of Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey and all those guys. I like, I like the chances with the Rams defense. than I do the Bucks defense. And I do think uh, Jared Goff will get a chance here at the end to go down and win the game. He'll f- connect with Robert Woods. He'll connect with Cooper cup. Uh, Tight end, who's his tight end again? Higby
0: and Gerald Everett, but Higby, right? I, I don't Tyler really Hig- know which one of
1: them is a huge factor. <laughs> uh, really, I think uh, at least from last year and maybe the year before that, it was Tyler Higby. But you know, it's anyone's guess who who the main tight end is. But at the end, but at the end of it, I do like uh,
0: Los Angeles coming out and winning this game. Definitely, I, I think it's a it's a pick that not a lot of people are going to make. And I think it's certainly one that has a lot of possibility. <clears throat> now moving on to our last game, our game, uh, Steelers and the Jags in Jacksonville. Um, certainly could be the trap game. Mike Tomlin does not have a good record in Jacksonville. Um, Steelers coming off their ninth straight win, and the Jags coming off their loss to the Packers. So um, who are you going to take here? You know, the Jags played really well against the Packers, so
1: that that's something that Mike Tomlin and the coaching staff and even the players really need to take uh, accountability to, or at least pay attention to. But I do like what Mike Tomlin said in his press conference today. We're not a big 10 team playing a Mac team. So I, I just thought that was a great quote right there. So I, I, I'm I'm going to take the favorite Steelers. I'm going to take our team, the Steelers for sure. I think Ben Roethlisberger, it just goes off on that defense. That defense obviously is not the same as it was like three – Three four years ago, because they got rid of pretty much everybody. So I think Ben and the receivers go off. I think we may see James Conner go off here too. Defense just I, they're going to go off. I think just T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, just the the front line of the Steelers defense is going to you know get pressure on Luton or Luton whatever whatever his his name is. Uh, he's he's not going to make it. The de- Steelers defense is not gonna make it easy for him to throw the ball, especially when you got especially when you got Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, Mika Fitzpatrick, and uh Terrell Edmonds in the secondary. So I expect the Steelers to win big here.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the Steelers too. I think that they're just a little bit too much for um for the Jags to handle. I think that the Jags definitely are a solid team. They're better than their record indicates. They're playing you know, pretty well, um, you know, and they have, you know, Doug Costin, another Mac guy, um, linebacker playing pretty well as a rookie this year. Um, and they certainly have, you know, Joe showbert has been been really what well, been playing really well for them while wow, talking is not my thing tonight. Um, I think that the defense of the Jags is certainly Decent, but again, like you said, nowhere near what they were when they beat us in the playoffs. Um, and then in the, the regular season following, you know, Ben throwing all those interceptions, he doesn't have worry about Ramsey anymore. I think Ramsey was kind of a mental block for Ben. Um, I think, uh, like you said, Connor has a big game. I think it's either he or Snell. I don't know which one, but I think one of the two is going to have a really good game. You could even see Anthony McFarland. I could see that. You could even see McFarland having a good day. Um, I think that like you said, the defense is going to pressure Luton a little bit too much. Um, and he's not really going to be able to do a whole lot because he hasn't seen a defense like ours yet. Um, especially not uh, the Packers or uh, whoever they played two weeks ago. I do not remember. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just think that the Steelers win this game. Um, I don't think it's a blowout because I don't see, um, you know, like a 38 seven or a 34 10 again, whatever. So, I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I don't want it to be one of those heart attack type games, but um, I like Mike Tomlin's mentality and he wasn't taking it lightly and knows that this is still an NFL football game and you're playing an NFL team.
1: You know, yeah, just um, knowing the Steelers, that they're going to have those few heart attack games. We, we've we seen it in recent weeks and my bet is that we probably will see it again this week. Uh, unfortunately, I I'm probably not going to be able to watch the game. Obviously living in Ohio, it, it sucks not being able to watch it. Uh, I'll probably either have to listen to it or I don't know. I, I I may try to find a way to watch it, but if not, then I'm obviously gonna have to listen to it, which is not the same, but at the same, at the end of the day, at least I'll pay attention to the Steelers either way. But anyway, this wraps up our ninth episode here. The actually, actually i almost forgot Zach. Uh, is there any, uh,
0: hockey news that you can give us not really um they're still working on their return to play and the start date um, and they re- they revealed reverse retro jerseys um, some teams look like they just submitted their own jerseys from now some look really really good um, and there's a lot of middle of the road ones but that's really all the NHL news there's not really been a whole lot lately um you know again as as we keep saying or as you know as, as the story's been we'll keep it updated as anything comes out um, week to week so yeah that's that's about it well as long as the penguins can keep
1: their jerseys the way that they're looking right now just uh, that's all that really matters to me so uh but yeah anyway this wraps up our ninth episode of the red zone power play podcast and we hope to see you guys again next week so have a good week everybody have a good week stay safe wear your mask